Hello, this is Tim Conboy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. God's been doing a lot of great things. <clears throat> this morning's going to be a little bit different service. I'm going to uh, brag on the Lord a little bit. We should brag on Him a lot a bit. Amen? Amen. He's been doing some exciting things, and, and one of the things that he has been doing here is reaching the people in our community and bringing folks into our community, new folks moving in uh, that, that have uh, arrived here at New Life, and others that have been here a long time and either have not been saved or, or are in church, just uh, need to get plugged in somewhere. I was just wondering, how many have been here less than five years? Raise your hand. All right, others, look around, look around, five years or less. Okay, less than four years. Raise your hand, all right. Three years, still up. Two years. One year. Okay, less than a month. <laughs> okay. Some new visitor. Now the visitor's like, oh, great, now everyone knows I'm visiting today. How many is this your very first time visiting? No. Okay, good. Yeah, that's awesome. Woohoo! It's awesome. Wow, and even came to the front. That's even cooler. Because <laughs> you don't know the rules. They know the rest know the rules. You got to come early for a back seat. They know that. So, uh, <clears throat> but God's been doing a great work in you know just touching and changing lives, bringing folks to our assembly. And, and by the way, I always want you to know that I know something that some of you may be thinking. Maybe you're thinking. It's not about the numbers. I know it's not about the numbers. It never has been about the numbers. Amen? It's about the souls behind those numbers. It's about the souls that they represent, the people that have been getting saved, the people that have been touched, people that have been changed. When I look out there, I see Ron Smith, a month in the Lord now. Isn't that right, Ron? Yeah, baby. Excited. Newly saved. This is what God's doing. Saving souls. Yeah, it's exciting things. And so God has been saving people and drawing people and working in lives. And and so when it when it comes to what God is doing in new life, I, let me tell you, and maybe you are visiting for the first time. Everything you see that is good here has God's fingerprints all over it. Anything that is bad has definitely got our fingerprints on it. So if we messed up in a few areas, that's okay. That's us, and God works with us, and He understands that, that we mess things up, but He works with us. Amen? Amen. God has been working. And, you know, I, I'm amazed at those He's been bringing in. I, I've been amazed. There's been, oh, a half dozen or so that come down from Plainfield, and they drive here, and I go, what in the world are you doing here? They say, this is where the Lord wants us to come. I go, there's a lot of church between here and Plainfield. But they say, no, we believe God wants us here. And so they come here. There's a couple in the front row right here. Don't look at them. Because they, they, they come up from Seymour. Is that right? From Seymour. I'm not, amen. Amen. Yay, Seymour. And I said, why would you come all these up here? They said, you know what? We, we just believe that God is doing something in new life. We want to be part of it. We are prayer warriors and intercessors. They were here at 9.30 praying during our first service because they believe God is doing a work here. They didn't even know who we were six, seven months ago. 
And then he found out, and God just revealed it, and uh, and now we get to know Doug and Sherry. Amen? Hey, Doug and Sherry. Is there anyone else you'd like to be pointed out? Anyone else? <laughs> Larry Hembry's over here going, no, don't point me out. We won't, Larry. Don't worry about it. God's been doing some great things. <clears throat> and as he as you look at this slide, I'm supposed to pull the slide up. The slide was supposed to be coming up while I was drinking. <clears throat> our motto has been new life, our journey together. And it really is. This is this is about our journey here at New Life. God is working not only in our church. But he's working in other churches around here. We don't want you to think we're the only act in town. God is working through many churches in our community. Amen. And we pray for those churches. We want them to be spiritually successful in reaching souls for Christ. But our responsibility is our responsibility, right? So what God wants us to be, we want to be the fullest that God's called us to be. And as you recall, a few months ago, we went over the two main components of a vibrant church. If we're going to be a vibrant church, there's two things you must have. You must have, first of all, God. No God, you have a social club, right? It's just a hangout. You have religion, but you have no relationship. God must be in here, moving here. His spirit must be flowing here. God must have the veto on everything we do and the approval of everything we do. He's the one that approves it. He's the one that moves us. And we need to say, okay, Lord, whatever you want to do. So there must be God as the primary component. But God also works through the secondary component, which are people. And not just any people. It's not just denting a pew. It's not just showing up and getting your spiritual gold star. Not that we give any of those out. But if you'd like one, I could get you one. It's about people using their spiritual gifts. Yes, you got a spiritual gift. You probably have a few spiritual gifts. You know that? Two people do that. You have a spiritual gift. And when you got saved, God gifted you. And you're like, well, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. That's okay. We're going to help you discover your spiritual gift. Matter of fact, if you don't know what it is, probably if you ask somebody, they know what your spiritual gift is. They say, oh, man, you got the gift of mercy. I've never had anyone say that to me. Remember, I took a mercy or a gift test out of 20 points on your gifting I scored like six on mercy. My mercy is like, come on, get over it, get up, keep going. It makes counseling very easy. But then when they really need mercy, I have to bring my wife in on it because she got 19 out of 20 on mercy. So, all right, you know my weakness. You think I'm weak. I can tell you who's underneath my score, but I won't tell you that. I don't want to embarrass Bonnie. So... <laughs> we have spiritual gifts, and God gave them to us to use. But when churches are full of people using their spiritual gifts, and God's Spirit's moving, there will be things that will characterize that church. And there are four characteristics we covered a while back. Those four characteristics, one being spiritual maturity, spiritual maturation, growing spiritually. Listen, sometimes you will see all of a sudden a church will pop up and all of a sudden the place gets packed out and, and you're like, man, look at this church. <clears throat> it's just taking off. But oftentimes you discover it's an inch deep and a mile wide. 
And the first time something comes against that body, it falls apart. Next thing you know, it implodes and it's gone. You wonder, whoa, what happened to that church? We do not want to be a church that's spiritually one inch deep. We want to be rooted and grounded in Christ Jesus. Amen? That means getting in the Word. And that means getting the Word in us. Right? The Bible calls this discipleship. Growing, learning, being a follower. Not simply a believer of Jesus Christ, but a follower of Jesus Christ. Doing it the way Jesus does it. Doing it the way He tells us to do it. Learning about Him. Being, growing in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two simple things, right? But not always that easy to get a hold of. We're going to help you. We've been helping you and we'll continue. We've been going through our 101 and our two, we have one, two, three, four, oh, one, just to make it simple. We've been going through this. We went through a number of weeks in our 101. These are just basic discipleship things. And then we'll be going into two, three, and four. Part of this process will be discovering your spiritual gift and how it relates to the church body and where it plugs in. So we've been focusing on spiritual maturation. We've also been focused on body fortification. We as a church body, we want to be strong to stand up against the wiles of the devil, the Bible says. In other words, when the devil comes at us, we, knew, we know two things. One, he's a punk. Amen? And two, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Right? Do you believe that? We need to be fortified. We need to know who we are in Christ. And we need to be a strong body. Part of that is through spiritual maturity. It's part, part of that is realizing that we must work together. Unity. Unifying. They were of one accord. That's what the Bible says. And all the apostles were of one accord. That was not a car they were in. You realize that? We need to realize that we're not a bunch of separate entities. It's not this ministry over here doing that thing, and this ministry here doing that thing, and this one over here doing that thing, and all of us fighting for church time or building facility use or, or you know, the funding for this or the fund. No, it's all of us working together for the kingdom of God. Amen? That's what we're here for. Body fortification is part of that. Strengthening our leadership, strengthening our resolve to work in unity. Also, prayer saturation. This is our next area we've also been focusing on. And all these areas, by the way, need to be strengthened. You never arrive at anyone say, well, we're glad we got that done. No, this needs to be strengthened as well. This is one of the reasons that, that Doug and Sherry, the Lord has called them up. They're intercessors. They're prayer warriors. And they say, you know, we want to come and pray with your church. Well, I don't know if we're looking for anybody to pray. <laughs> hey, we need prayer warriors. Amen. When we want to see people praying through our services, people that are praying while the services are going on, uh, we want to see where it gets, you know, we have a, a prayer room here. It's called the cry room. It really means cry out to God room. And in that room, you need, you need prayer. You can stop in. We can pray for you. You need healing. You need help. You need, you know, strengthening. You need a job. You need whatever it is. We can pray. And we want to continue to build that to where it saturates all of our ministries. Wouldn't that be cool? Amen. See, that's exactly what you say at the end of a prayer. You guys are already getting good at it. Prayer saturation. 
we have our ministry team and bless the Lord for them. And they are praying and they continue. And there's others that are already involved in this. But we're going to strengthen it. Not just pray for people after service and throughout the week. But we're going to continue to make sure. If we have BBS, we know it's saturated in prayer before we ever have it. We have things going on, mission trips. We know it's saturated in prayer before they ever leave the property. Things of this nature. So prayer, saturation. However, though all these areas... Uh, need to be strengthened. We, we're, we're sitting pretty good in each of these areas, but they will get stronger. The area of the four that I see as our weakness is the fourth area, gospel communication. How many struggle with witnessing somebody? Raise your hand while I take a drink. Anybody want any? Thank you. We all do. Even those who have the gift of evangelism struggle in this area. Why? Because we have two things that are against us. One, the devil's against us. Actually, three things. The devil, the world, and the flesh. Like it or not, you have to live within the body that you are in right now. Right? Everything you do has to function through this vehicle that you are in. Someday you'll leave the vehicle and you will get a new vehicle. Yes. Looking forward to that day. But until then, this is always a struggle. And people say... Well, I'm not really good at evangelism. It's not my gifting. I'm not talking about gifting. It's all of our responsibility to do it. It's not about gifting. You know, I may not have the gift of mercy, but it's still my responsibility to be merciful. Amen? Don't get out of line. <laughs> it may not be my gift. I may not have the gift of helps, but it's my responsibility to help. I may have the gift of evangelism, but it's my responsibility to share the good news. It's all of our responsibilities. Some are gifted more than others in these areas. Matter of fact, when I think of this area, our outreach, our outward focus, gospel communication is our outward focus. Remember, we, we have our upward focus or our prayer saturation. We have our inward focus with body fortification. We have our onward focus with spiritual maturity. And we have our outward focus, communication. Most attention is needed in this area. I'm also reminded of the fact that Jesus' prayer request dealt with this area. As a matter of fact, in Luke chapter 10, I don't know if you realize that Jesus put out a prayer request. It was on the heels of verse 1 of chapter 10. It says, After these things, Jesus appointed 70 others also. And he sent them. That word is the same word for apostle, sent out one. You say, well, I don't have the apostolic gift. You are still a sent out one, right? You're still a sent out one, right? Amen, okay. Don't make me come down here. He sent them out two by two. Now notice, before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So in other words, Jesus is saying, I'm going to go in this city. I'm going to go in this place. I am going to go out here and I'm going to do a work. However, before I go, I want you to go before me. And I want you to know you are before my face. I'm watching you, not watching, critiquing. I'm watching over you. I'm watching where you're going. I'm watching so I can guide you. I am watching so I can put up divine intersections and divine appointments. 
He sent them out before his face. Why? Because he had a plan that he was going to go to the very place that they went to. And what is he going to do? He's going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. I came to seek and to save that which is lost. Right? Jesus said, here's the plan. You go out. I know you're afraid to go alone, so I'm going to send you two by two. That's just how, same way I got the animals into the ark. Two by two. He said, I'm going to send you out. And he says, I'm watching over you. I'm right behind you. Matter of fact, I'm right behind you. I'm right through you. And I'm right all over you. I am doing a work in these places. Then he said this to them. Verse 2. The harvest truly is what? It's great. See, a lot of us don't think there's a harvest out there. So he said, "Eh, I'll wait till the harvest comes in here. No, there's a great harvest out there. It's huge. But, he says, the laborers, those who work in the harvest field, are what? Few. Well, we got a problem, Lord. You got a job to do out there, and you want us to get out there and do it, and no one's going out there to do it. And, and, and Lord, I, I think you just need to, you know, you know, give them a good swift kick in the butt and say, get out there and do it. I probably shouldn't have said that word here. <laughs> the hind end. Oh, that's right. It was in the text. But the Lord said You need to just get him out. He goes, no, that's not how I work. He says, here's what you need to do. He says, you need to pray. You need to pray. And he says, and pray the Lord of the harvest, the one who's over the harvest, because he's the one that ultimately saves souls, will send out laborers into his harvest. Jesus says, I have a prayer request. And would you at least do this much? Would you at least pray that I will send out laborers out into the harvest field? We can all do that much, can't we? So I can do that much. But he said, but what if I start praying and God says, okay, Tim, you go. That wasn't the plan. I was just supposed to pray. Listen, don't worry about the next step. Worry about the first step. Pray. All right? Pray that God will use new life to reach this town this county, this area, and that God will do such a marvelous work here that the Lord of the harvest will just start harvesting his souls because I tell you what, the end of the harvest is coming very soon. It is time to get out there and say, Lord, we need laborers. And so he says, all right, you're right, Tim, start praying. Who do you want me to pray for? Just start praying. Pray the Lord will send those who go to, are to go out and that he will send the divine appointments he will put them in place and he will make things happen because only he can do it. We've been working through the book of Acts. And I want to just reference this text real quickly. Remember the apostles were discussing the kingdom. They want Jesus to set the kingdom up right then. And he's, they will say in verse 6, Therefore they come together and they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Lord, are you going to kick out Rome? Are you going to store the kingdom right now? And now when you think of kingdom, remember there's three components you must have for a kingdom. First, you must have a king. Our king's name is? Jesus. Good. We have a king. The second thing you need is territory. Is there any territory that belongs to the Lord? The whole ball we're standing on, right? We're sitting. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. As a matter of fact, the whole sentence, the whole universe is His. 
So we have a king, we have a territory. The third thing you need in any kingdom, the third thing is citizens, right? What good's a king if there's no citizens in the kingdom? And so here they wanted the kingdom established. There's about 120 believers here at this time that'll meet in the upper room. But the Lord's like, no, this is a, a teeny kingdom. There's a much larger harvest out there. And so he says to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. It's the Father's authority to say, go get your bride. But, there's our word, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. He says, don't worry about the kingdom as far as when, when, the, when it's going to be established. He goes, you're gonna, here's what you need to do. You're gonna receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And when you are empowered and filled by the Holy Spirit, here's what's gonna happen. And you are going to be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He says, the empowering of the Holy Spirit is gonna come on you. And what's gonna happen, Lord, when that power comes on me, am I just gonna start raising the dead and healing the blind and doing all these great things? He goes, listen! Those things accompany my power, but my power for you is where you need it the most. And that's the witness for me. That is to open your mouth, take the stand, say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but truth, so help me God. That's what a witness does, right? Witness takes the stand. A witness goes up and says, I want to testify, I want to give my testify testimony of why you should believe in this man, Jesus Christ. Why do we want to do that? Because one, we love our Lord that died for us. And two, we need to love people enough to get them the message. Right? Somebody loved us enough to tell us. Somebody loved me enough to share the gospel with me. And here I am all these years later just saying, man, I need to keep doing this. I need to keep passing the baton. I need to keep passing this gospel on. And because of that, God has been working in our church, in my life, in his direction for us. And one of the great things that has happened is through the summer, oh, by the way, that's the only spiritual endeavor you cannot do in heaven. The only thing you cannot do in heaven is win someone to the Lord. Right? It's the only spiritual endeavor you can do on earth, but you can't do it in heaven. I don't know if you know that, right? You witness to me in heaven, Tim, you need to know the Lord? I said, I know him. He's right here. He's my friend. He's my savior. You're like, man, I've always wanted to witness. Of course, in heaven, you'll be very, really bold. And so the rest of us will be going, we won't laugh at you in heaven. But it, it will be funny for, for anyone trying to lead someone to the Lord. Hey, look, get a load of uh, Joey over there trying to lead Moses to the Lord. All right, don't get me going. But the point is, this is the only thing, spiritual endeavor we can only do on earth. Now's your only chance to do it. So let's do it. God has been working in our midst. And I said, okay, Lord, what do you want us to do? What direction do you want us to go? A couple of years ago, God brought a name to my heart and mind named Josh Arcoli. I don't know if you've heard of him. Raise your hand. That's Josh. And he also brought it to Ron's mind at the same time. And... As God revealed his name to us, we both talked about it, and, 
and the timing on both sides was just it just wasn't the right timing. And we just said, all right, Lord, we're just we're going to wait for your timing and wait for your leading. And then this uh, past October, you know, we've been praying. We need help and direction. And say, okay, Lord, how are we going to go with this? What are we going to do? And the Lord had brought to my heart a what I call a partnership agreement. What we call a partnership agreement with Sold Out International. Now, it was October. 20th. I heard Josh share the, the time. October 20th, I was in the hallway and I was talking. I said, you know, I just feel like God wants Josh down here. And I'm like, oh boy. And, you know, Corey's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, you know, we'll have to see. I said, you know what? Why don't you reach out to him and give him a call today? And he said, okay. And it was about lunchtime. I think Corey went to lunch. Or no, it was early morning. It was that day. And I, by the time I left Corey, and I walked down the hall, and I, I get to my cubicle, the Lord said, no, Tim, you call. I told you to call. And I, okay. So I had to get the cell phone number, and I call him up. And I think our conversation went something like, Josh, I'd like to give you three options. Uh, one, I believe God wants you to come partnership, so you come. Two, you send us a DNA sample so we can clone you. Or three, is there anyone you know that is exactly like you? <laughs> I do believe that was kind of how it went. And after a week of no DNA sample, I said, hmm, maybe God's working. But, <clears throat> but the timing of that was, I mean, it was, it was really all God. And they'll share how he had been to a church and God had given him a word from somebody that was, the timing was exactly perfect. I'll let him share that. But this partnership is just that. Josh works and is founded and leads Sold Out International. Josh Arcoli, all right, here it is, works with New Life, but not for New Life. You got that? So I don't want you guys saying, hey, how come he's on and off? Hey, he's been gone for three weeks now. That's right, he's on the mission field doing his job. Amen? Amen. Amen. But I felt like God was speaking my heart to say, Josh, I believe God wants you to move your operation down here, work through our church as a local body, have facilities to grow and operate and meet your needs, and we work together. And we are not hiring the professional to come in here and do the job for us. We are partnering with a group that does it to come in here and help us do the work of the ministry. Amen? And we want to also help his interns that come in so that they can grow, learn how to do it, to take back to their church to see how it works in a real church setting. So there'll be interns that will come as well. I believe there's anywhere 12 to 14 any one time. And, uh, and so they will be part of the ministry here. They'll be learning and growing and serving. And Lord willing, through our example and our working with them, that they will also go back to their church and then impart what they've learned into their body. So wouldn't that be awesome to help other churches also reach their communities? It would be awesome. At this time, Josh, you want me to go right to the video? We're going to go right to the video, and then Josh is going to come, and he's got an hour and a half message, I think. <laughs> and, uh, just Check out this video. Sold Out International.
born out of a radical encounter with the presence of God, an encounter that would lead to a revelation of the love of God for people, all people, every color, race, tribe, language, background, evangelism, for a lack of a better word, stopped being about winning an argument, making a sale, or trying to make everyone believe like us. It became a simple overflow of the radical love that God had shown to us. For the first time we began to see, really see, the world around us. We prayed dangerous prayers and God began to answer. We found ourselves overwhelmed with compassion and brokenness. Connecting with people became a lifestyle instead of something we penciled in on mission trips or retreats. God never intended the act of loving people to be put in a box labeled evangelism, mercy ministries, or hospitality. Love for others is God's idea. It brings new depth and new life to the believer. We are passionate to see every believer come alive, to hunger and thirst for the life-giving, life-changing presence of God. God wants to transform your mind, but He goes through your heart. Love is not meant to be understood, but experienced. When we move beyond an understanding of God's love and begin to experience it, it will move us out of the four walls of the church, beyond where our fears have stopped us before. It will allow us to see people as people. video with you because um, it kind of spells out a little bit of what we do on our trips. Um, we sit down with homeless to businessmen to people that um, would maybe gone to church all their life and um, to people that have been hurt by the church. We've ministered to pastors who are now atheists. We minister to atheists who I believe by faith they'll become pastors. Um, we see God do incredible things. In our experiences since we've been traveling, um, I've had the opportunity to preach in Muslim schools and see God um, set people free from addiction and uh, demonic forces. And there's really nothing impossible for God. And um, I, I love um, the opportunities that God sets before us. It's amazing to me because um, I know myself, a common ordinary man from Bean Blossom is my roots. Um, I, I'm proud of my roots. 
downtown beautiful Bean Blossom. Um, it's uh, I, I, it's a, a special place to me here. Um, we've had a lot of experiences because it was it was here um, where I remember first encountering um, God's presence. It was here I remember God changing and transforming my life. And um, God has done such a work in the last 17 years since I've been traveling that um, he's laid a foundation of of really going and making disciples. That's really our, our probably our number one passion. Um, several years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, Josh, you make your call way too much about yourself. It's really not about you. It's about investing your life into other people. I always made it about trying to trying to figure out where my purpose was, where where what am I really called to do? What's what? Where are you gonna? Where am I gonna be in ten years from now? And and um, maybe God, where's that location? And God, I believe God laid in my heart. It's not about the location. It's about it's about investing your life into people. And if you do that, you'll be exactly where I've called you to be. Um, and so that's been really been my focus, my desire, my passion. I've been in northern Indiana for the last 10 years investing in the lives of people. And um, that's my wife, Mary, and, um, and I. We, we have um, really had, been on a journey. Um, we've been married for, um, well, this month I, I think it will be 15 years. Yes, and um, uh, 15 years. Um, so I have to remember that. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, but um, we have had an incredible journey together. We fell in love um, on the mission field. And um, I remember the time where the Lord really laid in my heart that this is the one. I remember um, laying hands on a, um, a young man that was addicted to heroin in Boston, Massachusetts. And I remember my wife and I seeing him set free from the torment that had been in his life. He felt like he was hated by his family and his, his father. And um, I remember seeing a light click on and him using my cell phone. Um, um, he, um, he wanted to call his father and really saw um, um, just God just do a work that he knew was just miraculous. And so that has been on a journey. My wife and I have been on a journey for the last seven or for me, 17 years and um, 15 years going all across the world. Um, we were recently in Bolivia and had incredible experiences where God changed. Um, um, he's just been changing a lot of lives, and um, it's been really cool. There we um, focus in on discipling um, a group of young people, college-age students, um, even a little bit older, um, and really pouring our hearts into them so that when we leave, they'll continue on the work of the ministry. And they, while we're gone, go to um, schools. They go in, in, into, um, into the streets, and they preach the gospel. And the public school system is wide open for them to share the gospel anytime, any, any moment that they, they say, hey, let's go down to the schools. The schools will literally open their doors um, open to them to share the gospel. And that happened largely because we were willing to step through a door and say, hey, let's go, let's go try to, um, um, to meet with the mayor of the city. And the mayor said, um, you can, um, they basically opened up a door. You can get up into any school you want. Just say the word. She was a Christian and, um, and, um, just opened that. And then that paved the way for these young people to continue that work. They have seen hundreds of people come to know Jesus even beyond when we were there. Um, and it's exciting because it, it's just something that we we play a part of raising up soul winners who raise up so, who raise up more soul winners and it's just an incredible work and so we we am um, joined up with them this last um, month 
um, in, in December and had an incredible time down there. And some incredible doors are opening. I had the opportunity to meet the governor down there and um, an association of 50 pastors. Again, I'm from Bean Blossom, and I'm thinking, you don't really know who I am. <laughs> but uh, I really love Jesus, and he's, he's changed my life. And, um, and they were like, they were wanting us to do a citywide crusade, um, through the, through the city of Tarija, Bolivia, and southern Bolivia, um, where there could be thousands of people. And I'm, I'm humbled by the opportunity because, again, God, God begins to open up doors that there's no way that I could possibly open. And there's, He, He shuts doors, um, that I think that should be open and, um, are not. And so we just, I just follow the leading of the Lord. Um, I want to talk about how um, a little bit of, a bit about our transition because it's a really interesting one. Um, God, I I made a promise to the Lord when He first called me. If He would if He would ask me to do something, that I would say yes, and not just one time, but say yes every time. That's a hard thing to do, and it's probably nothing. I can't say that I've been flawless at it, but there are more times than not when the Lord has spoke to me. I wanted to say yes because the history, the track record of walking with him and saying yes, even if it's intimidating, even if it's stretching, even if it goes beyond what appears to be my gifting and even sometimes um, what, what I feel like I'm uh, equipped to do, he is, um, he began a good work in us, is faithful to see it through to completion. And he does something in us is if we'll respond to his voice, if we'll walk with him, It'll be a, it'll be something that, that will, will grab a hold of your life and you just want, you just, you can't get enough of just being nearer and closer to God and you just want to follow Him every time. That's why I'll walk into the middle of a beach party with a thousand people that are drunk because I just know if He's saying go, it's worth the risk. We, um, we, uh, had actually, um, a, a bracelet made. It's worth the risk. And we, we use that a lot, um, in evangelism this year is because there are so many times where I'll be staring at somebody that looks like they're a little bit, um, against the gospel or maybe they're atheists or maybe they're very, they can just, you get, you get the sense that they're very, um, there's a lot of walls and the Lord's like, go talk to that person. Or a couple's making out and the Lord's like, go talk to them. And the Lord's like, I mean, there's, there's this, this situation. You're in an elevator. It's like, talk to them. It's like, but awkward. I mean, it's like, be quiet. Just don't even look them in the eye. And it's like, and all of a sudden I lock eyes with them. And I say, Hey, I've got a word for you. I believe that the Lord will want to say this to you. And then by the time of, um, from floor one to floor 15, they're in tears. And it's like, all of a sudden you realize every time, that you say yes to the Lord and He's leading you and He's compelling you to go and respond to His voice that it's worth saying yes to. And so I was in, we were out in New Mexico and um, I was, uh, I had been in a church uh, two, um, two months before. And um, I was in Ohio um, and we were, we were going, um, yeah, I was in Ohio. We were going to this church to pray for a friend. Um, we had um, seen God do incredible things in their family's lives. Their um, one son had been in a coma for three months and um, had been um, face down in a, um, a, like a swamp ditch like um, from a car accident. And um, he was laying... Um, 
lifeless. I mean, many times the doctors said he was going to die. Um, and he was, he was in a coma for the three months. And every time we'd go visit his hospital room, we would drive to Ohio and pray for him. We would see some significant miracle happen in his life. To the, to the, um, three months in, he comes out of the coma. Um, they think he's going to be brain dead. He's actually perfectly fine. His, his motor skills are fine. And he comes through and now, and now he's doing really well. He has a family. It's God's doing all incredible things. Mom calls and says, um, I have um, um, a aggressive form of cancer. And we, would you be willing, or the, actually the, was the mom's daughter called and said, would you please come pray for my mom? And I'm like, sure, we'll come out there. And um, be, again, we, we look at ministry is not just a big event. We talked about Bolivia. It's great. I mean, I'm, I'm humbled for, to, to speak in front of thousands of people. But more, more of evangelism is talking to one person, is to, is to spend time with a person that's in need, to notice them and say, hey, you're not forgotten. I dare you to believe that you're radically loved by God. I dare you to believe that he, in your darkest moment, if you'll call out to him, that he wants to set you free. I dare you to believe that he'll redeem you from an empty way of life. Just call out to Jesus. And there is this moment where the, this, this, this couple in Ohio, they were like really battling their faith. They were solid, solid pillars, but they had been through, I mean, quite a, the last couple of years and had suffered some great loss and they were seeing just major attacks on their, on their just health. And so we were praying for them and we saw some breakthrough while we were there. And she was like, you need to come to my church. And I said, okay, we'll come to your church. She's like, you got to speak at my church. I was like, well, you got to probably set that up. And it was like Saturday night, right? And so Sunday morning and I'm, I'm thinking, well, this will be awkward. She's going, she's like so, so like passionate about us because we've seen so many things happen in her family. Like, you just got to get up there. I was like, uh, that's not how it works. And she's like, I'm going to call the pastor tonight. It's like 10 o'clock. She's like, hey, I got these friends. Can they speak at your church? And and I it went kind of like I thought. Um, I'd like to meet them first. <laughs> and so... Anyway, long story short, we ended up showing up at their um, their church um, at about... Um, it was the 10.30 service. And um, we showed up. And the pastor, right as we are coming through the doors, like, I've got a word for you. And um, he said, God is going to open a door for you that no, that no uh, man can open. And, and he said, you need, to, you need to step through it. And he said, I see the number two, and um, I don't know if it's, I feel like it's two months, it might be two years, but I see them two, and it's very, very significant. And he had a couple other things with the word that were kind of personal to us, but, but he had spoke some things that were just like very, very clear. And um, I, I have um, a short-term memory loss sometimes, and I totally forgot about that. But two, two months later, exactly, actually it was two months to the day, um, that was August 20th, October 20th, Pastor Tim calls me, and we, he called me at uh, 12, it was like 12.30 on my phone, it said 12.25, um, um, or 10.25 is what it said on my phone, um, and because I was two hours away in New Mexico, it was 12.25 here, um, because I remember my wife had me pull up the phone, um, and that would have been the exact same time two months ago, two, almost the minute, the hour, even though it was about two hours, we were in a two-hour time zone um, difference, I believe the Lord just, in sense of humor, is like, He was just gonna, gonna just make it just, just like, if there was any, any sense of doubt, 
<laughs> I want to just I just want to make it real clear for you that I'm opening this door. And um, and so Tim had called and, I, and in my mind, I had t- Tim had never called me on the phone that I could recall before. And um, and when he started talking to me, um, I remember even talking to my wife and saying, because um, we had talked about moving to Brown County before and just not feeling a peace about it and just not feeling like it's the time. And and we we're seeing great things up in northern Indiana. And and God just put a tremendous peace over my wife and I. And we we're like, we should do it. We should move our whole base and like our team and sell both of our houses, our ministry house and our personal house and like everything that, um, um, that we, that we have, um, like, like all that we're doing. We should transition that down to Brown County. Doesn't it seem to make the most sense? No! <laughs> it didn't seem to make the most sense in my mind, but in, but in my heart, I felt a tremendous peace about it. Because I felt like God had, had given us an opportunity to work and get back to our roots of Brown County. And some of you know, I know because I recognize your faces. Some of you I don't know. But, uh, man, I, I, this is my roots. These are my people. You are my people. And, um, and I, and I, when the Lord was, um, when the Lord was stirring this, I was like, oh my goodness, this, this might actually happen. I mean, it's, it's a big deal to us. Because um, up in northern Indiana, we have, we, I mean, in the last year, we spoke at a dozen churches. We've seen just an incredible work of God that's happening there. I've been in meetings with Amish where I've seen 75 filled with the Holy Spirit all at the same time. That's unusual in Amish services. And um, you've, we've seen things up there that make us really want to stay there because the work of God is incredible there. However, the pulling and the leading of the Lord to come down here and the timing and everything, it, it, it's, 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 I've, I've taken these steps before and I've heard the voice of God before and I know that He's leading us to come here. And so that's the cool thing because whenever I've had like these big steps before on the, on the back store or, or several months or years from now, I'll look back and say, that's why. That God, you had us go to Bolivia to set up this, I mean, 10 years ago, or you had me go to Africa to, I mean, go do all these things, but actually it was to adopt my daughter. God, you, you had us go do, do these things in the Philippines, and it was actually to, to help out this um, pastor's ministry to raise up other disciples. God, you had us go into, um, into these places, and it, the work that I thought was going to be, it was totally different. But God, you, Lord, are so good. Man, he's so amazing. And what I want to challenge you this morning is to go on a journey with God. I want to challenge you to say yes to his voice. I want to challenge you when he speaks to believe that he who began a good work in you is faithful to see it through to completion. I want to challenge you to do, do everything that God has purposed in your heart and did not grow weary. There's, there's a, a passage that I've been just meditating on for a year, and it's um, out of Hebrews, and um, because the Lord, the Lord has been, been just, just, just stirring it inside of me. In Hebrews chapter ten, I, I think I shared this last time I was here. Hebrews chapter ten, um, verse thirty-five. If I can get there, I should have had it marked. Um, Hebrews 10, verse 35. So, so do not throw away your confidence. It'll be richly rewarded. 
You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in, in a very little while, He who is coming will come and He will not delay. But my righteous one um, will live by faith. If he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But verse 39 says this, But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are being saved. And it goes into chapter 11, which many of us know about this, uh, this Hall of Fame faith chapter, where these guys are doing incredible things. And they all, at a distance, they could see what God was doing, and they, and they began to respond to the voice of God. I believe that God is doing things um, worldwide, but He's doing things here in this community that um, could have significant, uh, significant work. Um, he brings you millions of tourists every year, which is great for an evangelism ministry that has hundreds of people joining them every year. And so that's already a plus for us. Um, as I'm looking at that, I used to think, oh, why do we have so many tourists in Brown as a kid? Because I couldn't get through it. Like, there shouldn't be rush hour in, or in Nashville. But there was. And so it irritated me. But now I'm like almost excited about it because I'm like, God, you're bringing them to us. I mean, I, tr- I travel a lot. And the idea of like people traveling to me <laughs> seems much better. Um, I like it. <laughs> um, it seems right. <laughs> but I, I, you know, we, we have... Um, we have a ministry where we, we raise up disciples and interns and have, have um, this summer we'll have 25, 30 kids that will join us all summer and we'll, we'll pour into their lives and God, God will do amazing things in their lives. I'm, I'm sure of that. Um, and then with that, we have youth groups and, and churches that join us. Sometimes we'll have as many as 50, 100. I think there's one, one trip where there's four youth groups joining us. I don't even know. I don't even know how we're going to get them where they need to go. But, I, you know, the thing is, is that I, I, I just say, yes, um, <laughs> sure, why not? Come. And, um, and every time God has worked out all the details. Every time. Every time God has figured out um, all my problems. And sometimes I try not to think about it. Matter of fact, that's one of the things I in, encourage people in evangelism is when God speaks, don't think so much about what you're going to say. Just respond and watch by faith Him deposit something in you that's already in you, but you just have to take it by faith. There's prophetic words that are in this church. There's, there's voices that God, that God wants to cause you to begin to declare out to the world that He's alive. He wants, he wants to, to draw out that gift inside of you, but you'll never really know that it's inside of you unless you take a step of faith. I didn't know that I was bold until I stepped out. I didn't know that was a thing. I, it's a, the, no, every, every time I heard to go talk to somebody, my heart would beat um, real hard and I would like, I'd need to go to the bathroom or do something. I was like, I need to get out, get, I need to go somewhere else. But then when I would respond, when I would, um, I remember the very first evangelism encounter, I think it was, there used to be a, I don't know if they call it the liar's bench, but it was down in Nashville. I saw an old man, I was 12, he was older, and, uh, and the Lord said, I want you to go talk to that man. I was like, in my mind, I was thinking, God, I know just by, by just some basic math skills that he's at least four times, if not five times my age. And God, he doesn't want some punk kid talking to him about Jesus. I can't solve his life problems. And I remember at 12 having this battle, but saying yes to God and watching him touch a young, um, an older man 
four or five times my age because I said yes to his voice. I said yes to the voice of God. What I want to just, um, in closing, I, I could get, I could preach a message, but I won't, um, here this morning. I want to, I want to encourage you and, and just, um, I'm, I'm so excited about where God is going to um, lead our ministry in these next several years. I know there's going to be quite a transition, but here's one of the cool things that the Lord is doing. I put my house up um, uh, during, I think it was, I don't remember. It was just like not that long ago because it just so, um, but I put my house up and I was thinking, this is a bad time to put a house up. I mean, it's like cold. It's like zero degrees and, and snowy. We had just gotten like a, a foot of snow up in northern Indiana. I was like, no one's going to come and, and, um, and, and in my mind, I'm thinking, but God, we're just going to go for it. And a, a day later, the house like sells. And I'm thinking, what? Well, it's like this, this is, this is scary. <laughs> it's like this has just become real. And, um, and the thing is, is that I, I know this is that, that God, that God is leading us here for a significant purpose. I know it. I know that God is doing a work inside of you. I know that the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. And so what we want to do, and my heart is, not to make this move all about our ministry and um, partnering with New Life, but we want, we, we, it's, it's a, a big deal, but we want to invest in the lives of, of the local church to model to the world that evangelism and mission shouldn't just be on a trip to Mexico or shouldn't all just be on a trip to Bolivia. But it should be right here in Nashville. I take trips to Mexico, so I'm not against them. <laughs> I take your trips to Bolivia, and I'll be on one this year. Probably the Philippines and Costa Rica. All those doors are open, and we welcome you to come along. But I believe those are only maybe if God sends you there on mission long term, that's great. And to go there and visit, it's awesome to build relationships. But one of the things that we're most passionate about in our ministry is to raise up evangelists for the local church to cause evangelism to come alive here there and every everybody that comes with us um in our in our internship program is the is our desire is to get back into their community and reach people that they know my most exciting thing um um is uh, is when i was here over christmas over the um christmas eve service and the day before i was walking through nashville and I had like three guys um stop by and say hey and it's like i as i knew them from from when i was young or i knew them they were my friends when i was in high school and i was like and some of them are, are great with the lord some were very far from the lord but i just felt like god there's there is um a work that's going to touch these kids lives um, and the people that we know, it's going to be an amazing thing. And and I just see, I see God doing um, and bringing them um, from all over the, the country, around the world. We have a, a couple people from Bolivia that will be joining us um, here in um, over the summer. And, um, and later on in the spring, we have people that are joining us from all over the country. And um, the things that we need help with, and um and um things that um as as prayer um it's 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 difficult to um 
to transition a family in a new location, but then a ministry and then lots of other people that are with the ministry. And then whoever God is pulling down um, as a part of what we're doing. And um, we need a lot of just clarity and just some future decisions. Also, um, we do a lot. We have lots of people coming in from um, from different um, places and especially during the summer, spring break. Um, we'll have as many as 50 people um, at a time that will come in. We, we're not putting it on the church um, to figure that out. We'll figure it out. But if you, but if the Lord leads you to, um, to, to uh, help in some way, um, like as far as like maybe there may be a time where where we work it out to where we need like um, some host families for a couple weeks or whatever. That may be a good way that would help us in this time of transition. Also, things that um, um, just on different trips we take. Um, having we sometimes need a good camp cook um, or um, a mission trip cook, um, somebody that's maybe not saying I, I want to go right in the middle of the party and go talk to him, but I wouldn't mind cooking for those who are going in the middle of the party. I'm totally good with that. Um, I, I think that that um, um, we we need we need some of those people. I, I'm a master chef, but no, I'm not. I can't I can't be a master. No, I'm not really a master chef, but I know one. <laughs> I know one, and they taught me some stuff. So, um, but we could use help, um, and we could use help with um, just lots of different things. Anybody have a CDL license? I can always use the driver during the a summer, even for a week. There's lots of ways that you can help plug in and help this transition um, work smoothly. We're always looking for. We're always doing a conference for incoming um, interns or or students that are coming in if people um, have a desire just to just to um, pour into college age and um, young adults um, we have we have space for that and we really could use we really honestly I say this um, I could really use help um, not like mental serious help uh, but like I need help I need help like um, we have a lot of um, a lot of open doors ahead of us and um, and and we we look forward to joining with you, and um, look forward to seeing um, evangelism and outreach um, become a strength um, to this this body. And um, if there's any, we'll be doing, I'm sure, in the future. We do them up up north at conferences where people where on Friday we'll have a just encounter with God, and Saturday we'll take it to the streets. And Saturday night we'll share testimonies. I'd love to do that. And usually that would probably um, um, impact the church, but also there would be other churches that were networked that would want to come down for those kind of things as well. So it will be fun to see what the possibilities coming up. So thank you again for um, just your ears this morning. We're again real excited about the opportunities and being back with family and friends. Again. I'm going to ask our elders if they would come, and we're going to lay hands of commitment on Josh, and I don't know if your parents are still here. Sounds like we have some exciting things going on, amen? Yes. And I'll tell you, it's been exciting to just watch how God's been working, and like you said, he put, put the house up for sale, I think it was like the day before Christmas, or right thereabouts, that they get an offer on their house to, to purchase it, and so... Uh, so yeah, it was like boom. So that was an exciting Christmas gift for them, but also they will uh they still have the intern house to sell as well, is correct? And uh housing market's a little different here in Brown County than it is in northern Indiana. So uh be praying that God will send them to the right place. And when you have to move a dozen people or so, it's also a challenge. 
uh, to provide that. So, you know, maybe God will put it on your heart how you might be able to help with the transition. I'm going to ask Ron, as we lay hands on, are your folks, they were in the first service? Okay. They, 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 hit, they hit the bricks. Oh, here they come. Come on in, Gene. Gene is here. Mama's here. Dad was here in first service. Well, we, since uh, Gene and John have been long-term members of the church here, just having them join with us and with their elders. I'm going to ask you, why don't we stand together? After we have a prayer commitment, we're going to have a little music, and we'd like to take a love offering for them just to help them with the transition. There's a lot. I mean, just hauling stuff back and forth and gas that's involved. So uh, don't feel compelled to give, but if God would lay it on your heart to give, then uh, you'd do so. Stretch that hand of faith out to us and to Josh as Ron leads us in prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Josh and Mary. We thank you for their family, Lord. We know that this is an appointed appointment with you, Lord. We thank you for this partnership that we've entered into with you, with Josh and his family, with the interns, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you for the way you're going to use them here in the community. We thank you for the way you're going to use us here in the community, Lord, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We just pray that you would continue to open doors for them and for us, Lord. We just thank you for the way you're sending all the people you need here within this body. We thank you and praise you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. And amen, amen. Give it up for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Our ushers are coming. The invitation is open. If you need prayer before we close, feel free to come. Our elders are here. Ministry team will be glad to pray for you. Maybe you need help. Maybe you need finances. Maybe you need healing. Whatever it is, you need God's anointing. You come. Father, as we take this offering, we give as unto Christ. This is a thing that you're doing, Lord, and the door that you have opened. And so we walk through it, and we say yea and amen for all your promises. And we do believe them, Lord. And so, Lord, as we give, we give as unto Christ. Bless this gift and use it for the furtherance of the gospel in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you have a need today, you come. You come. Let us pray for you.